Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. I spend quite a lot of time walking around our neighbourhood. Well, we both do with our dogs, don't we? Mm -hmm. And I love to have a little peek into other people's gardens as I pass, as I'm always looking out for new ideas for my garden. But sometimes I'll pass a rather sad-looking garden that was probably once quite beautiful, but for whatever reason has been left to fend for itself and become overgrown and almost unmanageable. I just feel I need to get in there and bring it back to its former glory. But what a massive job that would be. So where would you start, Keith, if you could get into that garden? Okay. The very, very first thing you're going to do is you're going to do a site analysis. Mm-hmm. The best way to, to do this is with someone that knows what they're doing. Professionals yeah, help. Yeah, exactly. Right, okay. And then what I would uh, do with that site analysis, I would take a piece of paper and I would create a plan and I'd mark out the location of all the dominant plants mm-hmm. around the garden, whether, yep. whether they're whether in good health. Or alive. Yeah, yeah, make well, a, make a note. Dead, perhaps. Yep. Make a note about yep, it. Yep. And this step will allow you to identify all the plants in the garden, even if some of those look pretty ordinary, because with a bit of pruning and a bit of feeding, they might they be just recover. that most important plant in the landscape. Mm. You need to identify problematic weeds. Yep. You're going to have a, have a, you're going to be able to sort of say, well, these plants are diseased, and mm. we're going to get rid of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you've yeah. got to work out whether they're dead, dormant, or whatever else. Which are weedy varieties, and if you do all this basic groundwork, then you have a plan of attack. You need then to identify any any um, obvious problems, such as you know you've got drainage problems, you know where there's mm. water lying on the ground, mm. where you've got compacted soil, yep. or where there's pests and disease, yeah. and then make a note of what they are. You need to take some soil samples mm. from various places within the garden and label them on, you know, you know, so that you can identify. So number one might be the back corner, number two might be the side of the house, three might be the carport mm-hmm. and so forth so that you know you can always go back to those and, you know, know exactly what you're doing so if you them. need to rectify yes, that rectify soil. Them, yes. And once you have, have all the relevant information, then you can make a start and do the remedial works. But you do it in a formatted manner and in order of importance. We're very organised yeah, here, don't we? Absolutely, Everybody? you got to. <laughs> yes, okay. So, where plants are displaying symptoms of disease, this would be the first problem you would you would assess, and then you would identify where the work would begin and on what and how. Mm. Where plants present um, with pest and disease, more often than not, the Problem, problem lies in, in the ground, in the ground, in the soil. Yes, and you know, so we, the, the soil, um, if, if the pH is incredibly low or it's waterlogged or whatever yeah, else, it hasn't been um, loved. Yeah, yeah. The, the you know the, the plant's ability to provide nutrients to those plants is is somewhat limited. Yeah, and that may be just lacking good or organic matter. So if you lived in a an area of, of near the beach, for instance. You know, you'd have incredibly sandy soil, so you could bet your bottom dollar that your soils are depleted of, of lots of organic matter, yeah. minerals and trace elements. Yeah. And spraying pesticides is not a solution to eliminating pests no, and disease. No, of course not. Because right? no, no. it can just be a short-term opportunity yeah. yep. rather than a long-term. Yes. All right, so the addition to poor soils is always going to be beneficial by adding lots and lots of… Compost. Compost, compost, <laughs> compost, and fast organic um, compounds. 
and that'll always go a long way to, to rectifying the soil and making that you know uh, th- those plants strong and healthy. We're talking about biochar and manash rock dust rock and all dust. these sorts yes. of things. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes. And then you've got a, you've got a decision to make to whether uh, plants are past their ability to uh, reinvigorate themselves. So you need to make a decision where you're going to remove them. Oh, I think I would have right. made that earlier, wouldn't I? Well, you, maybe you would have. Yeah, okay, good, <laughs> good. So the opportunity here is to fix things from? The ground up. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so plants and roots should be removed and the soil pH should be adjusted for the new plant's preferred growing conditions. And here I would suggest a total soil re- rejuvenation that involves the addition of those things yes. such as the biochar, biochar, the rock dust, the compost, yes. Yep. yep. You know, I'd be putting those down as, as an expert in the quantities that I think that those soils, you know, yeah. would require. Yeah. And one another, another great thing that you can add to your soil, of course, is fungal spores. Okay, yes. All right? And there's varieties such as endo and ectomycorrhizal fungi. Fungi, yes. Uh, bacillus and trichoderma, and you'd be applying those at 10 to 50 grams per square metre. The professional would be telling us this because this I'm, is, this I'm is what, glazing you know, over yeah, now. Yes, because you can. If you're going to be putting money back into the into the ground in terms of buying expensive plants, you want to make sure do it properly right from the beginning. Everything's yep, going to be yep. you know kept going. Yep. So I would be specifying all those sorts of things, and then yes. I'd be saying, well, listen, these things need to be rotary hoed in, in, into the soil and incorporated into the soil, mm. and then um, I'd be putting things over the top of that, like rock dust, mm. which is adding uh, up to a hundred trace elements and minerals. And there's only one brand of rock dust that I recommend, and it is Manash. Manash. Oh, I had to think for a minute. Manash. Exactly. And the idea of the rock dust that is that it increases the bricks level of the plant. Now, the bricks level is. Do you know what the bricks no, level tell is? Us, I don't know. Come the on. Bricks, no, tell me. No, I don't All right. know. The bricks level is not B R I C K S, but it's B R I X. Yes. And what it is is a level of sugars within the plant, and the higher the the quantity of sugar in a plant the harder it is for pest and disease to break those sugars okay. down. So they're going to go to your neighbour's place. Yeah, oh, poor neighbours. Or down yeah. the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, so that's that's something that is incredibly important to be, be you know, thinking Consider about. Of, yep. Then I would be recommending a mulch to go over those reinvigorated soils. Absolutely. And I'd be saying, you know, whatever it is, depending on, on how much work is put in it, and, how, and what you and, the, and what you want what and the, what you want to put the in the style, the exactly. look, all those things that we've discussed previously. Yes. So I'd be looking at things like seventy-five mil of pine bark, but a yep. fine pine bark. Yeah. That's not going to be you know kicked around the place. Yes. Or I'd use something you know a, a decomposed granitic sand, sand. such yes. as uh, Hillview quarries have a seven mil minus decomposed granite, and I'd put that over between fifty and seventy mil over the soil, mm-hmm. and then that is done once. You'd probably in your lifetime you'd never have to. Gosh, come you back only do it once. Absolutely, wow. that's fantastic. You can still go out there and and, and feed and fertilize your plants mm. because it'll just wash those liquid fertilizers will just wash Absorbed through in, yep. into the soil. That's fantastic. And then I'd be looking to um, to prune all the existing plants in order to reinvigorate them, and I'd be giving them a good feed, and that's all done with organic fertilizers. So well, I, I I don't think I want to go back to that garden that I saw because that sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like we need to get a professional into, as you suggested, and I'd probably be ringing Keith. Does everyone Ooh. want to ring Keith? Here's his phone number. Oh, no. 
because anyone who has any issues, you know where to go. But yeah, it's, it's I mean, obviously the best thing is to not let your garden get into a neglected state in the first place. It's, it's a bit sad and it's a bit damn hard work to get it all back together again. Exactly. But you know, these things happen. We actually encountered a garden a little bit like that. Didn't we? Oh, we did. Yeah. We did, and I know you've you've advised done. You've been advising yeah. a couple of people on this, which is fantastic. These people are wanting to make the change mm. after listening to you, probably, and they've got the been reinvigorated and want to fix their gardens. But yes, it's a, it's a big job, so uh, let's not let it get into that state. But thank you for that very useful advice. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.